One, I over leveraged the profits, okay? That's a no more. Now, I was disciplined because when I did it, I got cash back and then I did it to buy another one. But you gotta start buying deals. You know, that gets you in, but you gotta start doing deals that make sense. All right, guys, welcome to the Millionaire Enlisted Podcast. Today we have Mike Ely. Uh, he is part of Nassau Investments, uh, capital real estate investing firm. Uh, we're going to start off and talking multifamily, uh, dive into a lot of different subjects. So stay tuned. If you can, please go ahead and review, give us a review uh, on whatever platform you're listening. And yeah, give us some feedback, positive, negative, you, you name it. We love it. We love to improve. Uh, all right, Mike, if you go ahead and get us started, man, how, how did you uh, start in this real estate investing business? Oh, man, I started years ago, i say around 99, man. Um, what happened here? I did it with, before what they call, uh, what you, they even had to coin the phrase yet, house hacking. Uh, I just called it getting a roommate. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and, and so uh, I got me a two-family uh, with, uh, what happened? I got me a two-family, uh, didn't know how to paint, uh, didn't even know how to put a budget together, but I knew that this was beginning me living rent-free, and so uh, I ended up getting, uh, uh, I went and got the, some people to turn the unit over upstairs, and they were painting it. And they told me to go downstairs because they said I was a terrible painter, right? Then after that, uh, they finished finally turning it. I ended up renting it for $500. I got me a roommate for 200 bucks. And then, so I was getting a total of $700 in rent, my mortgage payment. Uh, I bought this deal on a rent-to-own deal, land contract. So my mortgage was 700, my rent was 700. So I was living rent-free. And I felt like Dave Chappelle, like, I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, that's hilarious. I'm going to move over here. Yeah, there we go. There we can see me. All right, there we go. That's funny, man. But so, yeah, so Humble Beginning started in small. And then what happened from there, man? Uh, well, then I started picking up more deals. Uh, I picked up, I think, another two, four families. Uh, no money down deals, you know, the old Carlton Sheets, Robert Allen, no money down in the 90s. And uh, I, I, I got those deals. Matter of fact, I didn't even have the down payment money. I could get a loan. And so I talked to the realtor. I was like, yo, man, lend me your commission and I'll pay it right back at closing. And so he was like, you know what, Mike, I'll do that. I want to see you succeed. And literally he gave, I, I, timed it i closed at the first of the month so at the first of the month i got all the rent all the security deposits which is like six to eight thousand dollars more he lent me about four thousand dollars i paid him right back at closing and that was the career and i kept going and kept going and then uh i think i only had about 20 units 25 maybe 30 i don't know not a lot and uh uh, had two full service car washes and then I lost it all, man. I mean, you know, uh, you, you know, you ever heard of, uh, May was it April showers, May flowers or in the car wash yeah. business, it literally rained every freaking day 
And I was like, maybe I should be in this business. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I had so the houses and the car wash, and I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. And literally, man, I'm serious. This is no joke. I would get in my car, drive from my house all the way to the car wash. It's all sunny and skies are great. And literally, no joke, by the time I get to the car wash, it was just a black cloud over the car wash. Now, I, I, this is true stories, man. You can't, I can't make this up. Where, oh where is this at? This is Cincinnati, man. Okay. The nasty, natty, baby. You know. <laughs> oh, man. So, so you lost it all, it, but it wasn't due to recession. It was due to. Just... No, fortunate. Now, this is a great thing. Fortunately, I lost everything before the Great Recession. I actually lost everything in 9-11. Although I, I'll try to blame it on 9-11, but that, that, that wasn't you. why I lost everything. <laughs> but I'll blame it on that, okay? Uh, no, I, 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 man, I was an engineer, right? And so I was like black and white. Like, okay, I looked at tax returns. I said this. I could do the business, and I followed it. But what, what, what was some of the main mistakes? I mean, I had Robert Allen, no money down. But one, I over-leveraged the properties, Okay. That's a normal. Now, I was disciplined because when I did it, I got cash back and then I did it to buy another one. But you got to start buying deals. You know, that gets you in, but you got to start doing deals that make sense and not over leverage. Uh, you could be over leveraged when you buy it. Uh, here's an example. Uh, let's say, let's just do easy numbers. Let's say you bought a deal and you all in for 60, okay? but it's worth a hundred. Well, you can be a hundred percent finance for the acquisition and renovation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you still undervalue. Yeah. And so that's a good over leverage, but when you, uh, it's worth a hundred and you leverage that a hundred or 95,000, that's not a great deal. Yeah. And so you keep doing things like that. And a perfect example of this, COVID-19, uh, uh, a mortgage crisis, anything, you're going to fall apart. I hear you, man. So, yeah. so are you, during this time, are you a buy and hold investor? Is that, was that your, your strategy? When, when I first started, my goal was to uh, just buy and hold because I wanted to build cash flow so I didn't have to worry about my monthly bills, right? And, and then I said I was going to get into more flipping where a lot of people, they, uh, they, they start flipping to get cash and then do cash flow profits. I did it the other way. And, and really, I'm a buy and hold guy, but I will sell tomorrow without a problem. Somebody make me off. Okay, so yeah, you win. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but that's, I just like cash flow because I don't like worried about nothing. You know, quite frankly, although I do wholesale deals, I, I, I flip, matter of fact, I flip uh, apartment packages at times. Um, mm -hmm. I love it because of the money. I hate the process. It's kind of like uh, uh, the old saying, I remember reading this book. It was like, uh, I hate running, but I yeah. love that I ran. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I love hate, being in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love being in shape. I love getting the checks, but man, the flipping process, 
you got so many, I mean, you got a lot of moving parts, period. But when, but when I flip though, the difference between me and flipping is when I buy it, I don't care if it sells or not. I'll keep it. And so, you know, now I don't care. Like where most people flip it, they got to sell it. They earn us money online, the reputation on the line. No, I buy it. And and if if somebody wants to buy it and I can get a nice markup, I'll do that. Uh, and, And even when I do have an opportunity to wholesale, when it comes to me, I'm calling about three people on my team, you know, that I work with. And I'm like, hey, can you sell this? How quick, how fast? And if they say, man, I can sell it tomorrow, I'll do the deal. But if none of them say, no, I don't want it, I can't do that, I won't even mess with it. Because I pass it on, you know, uh, you know, I, I pass on responsibility. Love it. That's a good, that's a good businessman right there. <laughs> yeah. So I got a question, Michael. So 2001, you lost, when you say everything, you mean everything, completely everything? Oh, yeah. No, man. Look, man, it was crazy, man. Uh, and a, a shameless plug. You can get broke to millions, my book. Right, yeah. We'll talk about it all there, but man, literally, man, I, uh, I, I was doing about 300 grand a year. I had, you can't tell right now, but I had, I had ponytail, yeah. I had, I had cornrows rocking the Timberlands, I had the Q45 with the peanut butter interior with the Bose <laughs> speaker with the 10 disc changer. You can push it on the side. You can't tell me nothing with the 10 disc changer, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Man, I lost it all, brother. Like, I got evicted from my own crib. Wow. And, uh, I, I, and I was kind of homeless and uh, uh, couch surfing and then I moved back in with my mom and dad. And literally they had, I was 30 years old and uh, they painted my room pink and lavender. Well, it was their room, but it was my room, pink and lavender. And they still had my twin bed from when I grew up from five years old. And I was sleeping in it with the rudders on there with the sailor bed. Yeah, that was, you know, pretty sexy at 30, baby. Nice. So so what happened? So you went, you lost everything in 2001. And then when did you decide or how long did it take for you to, well, uh, probably you already made that decision that you were going to start about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more like 2000. It started falling apart 2001 and 2003 is when it really started hitting. And then I got back out. I was like, man, you know what? just going to do it all over again. But I tested out my strategy because during that downtime, I read everything, books on life, religion, leaders, plants. Uh, it didn't matter. I read about everything and learned that it's all the same thing. Universal principles, treat others how you want to be treated and give, be of service. And so I did those things, man. So my first thing was be a service and help other people make money. So I immediately became, I would find a deal. I would manage it. I would be the real estate agent. I'll be the construction manager, the contractor, the whole night. I did everything. They didn't have to walk in that building. And and my first three deals, let's say I bought, I found one for like 25, 30, it was worth 65 and needed like seven or eight grand. I put that in it. And then I ended up getting it rented on a lease contract. And, and then a year later, they sold it outright. And then it was another deal. He wanted to do a rent to own. No, we flipped that. Uh, it was the same price. Got in for 30. 
and we ended up selling it for like 70 grand. I made like six, seven, five or six grand off the total deal and they took the lion's share. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I got it. And, and I started buying right. And then the recession started coming with all this mortgage and it was kind of perfect thing. Me, perfect storm. One of my partners, Nate Barger, uh, he, he was filing bankruptcy at the time and he called me. We had, we were doing deals earlier back in early 2000, but we separated and he called me like, man, I need your help. I don't know how to get out of this. And so I helped him get out of bankruptcy in the midst of that. He knew some people were investors. I was getting deals. I was dealing with banks. I was dealing with wholesalers and they were calling me all the time with these deals and I was getting portfolios. Uh, mortgage notes, non-performing notes. And I had cash, he had cash. And that's when I got stable. Like I actually uh, got stabilized and made money during the recession. Wow. <clears throat> that's, that's amazing, man. I mean, the fact that you can, you know, that, that comeback story. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I haven't heard that before on, from anyone. We've had like, I don't know. I think it's got. Think we had the first Vinny Chopper, but I mean, his story is, is from zero to. But you, you came. You were yeah. up, down, up. That's yeah. amazing, bro. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, man. No, it's all doable, man. You know, like like I tell people in my class, man, you're literally one big deal away, and it's just changing your perspective, your thought process. You know, and, and don't put so many limits on where you could go, man. You know, I don't want to get all preaching here, but God has a bigger plan for you, man. And so uh, we have these little goals we set, right? Because that's what we've seen. We only do what we know. And so I was fortunate to be exposed to people that were doing big deals, man. And I was like, I, I was like, wait a minute you ain't working. I'm, you know, I was doing 13, 14 hour days and I'm looking at some of my buddies and these other big developers, they busy, but they ain't looking busy like me. Like I, I'm wore out. They happy and wore out yeah. and traveling. They do it. They, they're class. loving it. Yeah. They do a private jets. They, they eating good. You know, they, Hey, you know, I'll never forget. We was at Applebee's. And they spent two thousand dollars at Applebee's. I was like, first of all, who spends two thousand at Applebee's? <laughs> like, it's not like a great steakhouse. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it was like, but two thousand dollars? Who does that? Like, that's too much money. And that's oh, why I was man. like, I'm working way too hard. Because first of all, well, first of all, even today, I'm not going to spend two thousand at Applebee's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, my point is, they were. They were doing deals and it didn't matter. They were living life. And I was like, man, what am I doing wrong? And the only thing was they were dealing with bigger deals with bigger, you know, more commas, more decimal points. And um, that's it. And, yeah. and, and, and they, they was like, man, this is how we're going to do it. And they just did it. And fire was like, man, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'll never forget, like, um, one time I was like, when I first set my goal to make a million dollars, with my first year, uh, I said, I'm going to do a million dollars on a deal or a million in a year. Well, my first year, I only made 250000 or something. But I changed the bar, right? Because before yeah. I was only doing like 100 to 150. So I got to 250. Then the next year, 
I got to 350, 375. And then the year after that, I got really, really close. I made 750. And then the year after that, I made a million dollars off of one deal. And now every deal I do, we're netting over a million dollars. Nice. That's awesome, man. So tell us, so you went through all that and then you started uh, syndicating, multifamily syndication. How how did you get into that part? Uh, You know, it's funny, man. All these different terms of syndication. I was like, oh, that's what I do? (laughs) (laughs) Crowdfunding. Yeah, whatever you call it. I was like, man, I just need some money, man. Put some money on this. (laughs) No, it's Um, crazy. I, I didn't know what syndication was until I actually started reading about it. Cause I, I, I called it crowdfunding. Yeah, then... right, right, right. <laughs> it's funny. No, I get it, man. No, so I uh, I start uh, raising money, reaching out to people. And it was more organically for me, man. Like, they saw deals with me. Um, but what really did it for me, yeah, to get back, I started teaching a class. When I went broke, I taught this class and uh, uh, I'll teach a real estate class at these, uh, what are they called, like adult ed schools. And it was a course on real estate. And after every course, uh, people would come to me. Now at the time, you know, we would, this wasn't me, I'm not even allowed to ask people to be a part of the deal. They reached out to me after the class. It's like, hey, I want to be a part, you know, if you ever need some money or something, I got it. I was like, okay, yeah, great. Uh, and they were like, I was like, well, how much you got? I'll never forget. This is one of, you know, I'm just coming out of broke. It's like, I got 700000 Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's cool. I, that's I, nice. I could, I could probably use that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was it. And he's still an investor to this day. And, you know, I had a couple people, 50, 100, and then me and Nate got together. So we, we ended up having a, a bucket of three to five million that we could access between, I don't know, a total of 10 people. And at the time, I was like, man, that's plenty. I don't need nothing else. We keep yeah. doing what we're doing. We're fine. And uh, so I was like, man, but if we want to do bigger stuff, man, because we were paying cash. We are doing these deals with cash. It's like, man, we gotta leverage it and, and scale up. And and after that, man, that's that's well, and what really did it, our main investor probably was sitting on two, three million cash. Uh he died uh, about three years ago, two years ago, three years ago. So that forced me to get out of our comfort zone because you know I was it didn't matter. I need I need two hundred thousand tomorrow. Hey, no problem, Mike. Then he, you know, wasn't he? Because we had a relationship. Yeah. And when he died, so did our our money. I don't know if I was crying about the money or him. Oh man. (laughs) I was at the funeral just. (laughs) Oh my god. I miss my guy, man. I miss my guy. Oh man. Yeah, but the wife wasn't having it, man. You know, and that's what happens. That's another thing, man. You, You. the relationship you have with the partner ain't going to be the same when that person checks out. So, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So what are you, where are you at now? How many units are you at now? Good question, man. I'm not sure it changes. Oh. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be no, like, we, we, we bounce between that 800 to 1200. 
the reason I say that because uh, literally I had, we just did, for example, we just did a portfolio of 250 units. Yeah. And immediately I sold uh, 80 units or 90 units. I hear you. And then we're supposed to close on this one package. We got, no, we got about 128, another 120 units. We were selling that, that just sold. So, you know, it varies from day to day. I love it, man. Because it seems like you got an awesome model there, which is overlapping deals, which is what yeah. you should have the funnel and, hey, and things the deal coming flow, in. Man. But you also, you also have a hotel. Um, yes company right acquire hotels yeah we buy we purchase hotels yes now that that's that's a really great business today yeah. oh yeah. yeah i was about to ask you how are they how, how's that holding up oh man uh no the, the the hospitality hit with this covid hit hard man uh uh the plus side about it uh things are very slow but uh we already had plan for a renovation so we're just taking this opportunity to go in and renovate and uh we expect this to last for about about 12 months uh and uh and then it'll pick up i don't think we'll be back to where we were for three years and and and, and i still don't know if we'll surpass those numbers um but it, it's challenging but the, the great part about it we bought right. We didn't buy a marginal deal. This was a hotel. To rebuild it, it'll cost you, oh, 18, 20 million. Wow. Uh, like this, we're 145 key. They say now hotels, they say keys, which are rooms, but we're 145 yeah. keys, you know, the lobby, the pool, sitting on three or four acres. Uh, and just to give you an idea, that's 145. We're all in. Well, we bought it for seven million. We're a Marriott Courtyard, a branded hotel. Marriott nice. and Hilton is just to let you know are the top brands if you're getting into hotels. Let's say you can't do another brand, but those are your top brands. There's a Holiday Inn right across from us. They all in for 12 or 14 million. They only got. 85 rooms, half the rooms. Wow. Yeah. So they got to, you got to understand, and they got to make, uh, they got to charge what they call an ADR, average daily rate. The average daily rate needs to be like 115, 120 for them to make money. I could, I could drop my rate down to 80 bucks and still make money. Not yeah. to say I would do that. Yeah. You know, once you drop down low, you, you're attracting a different class of, uh, what we call transient traffic. Uh, yeah. But, um, uh, you know, we're already at a dollar, 105 a night. And once we get to our renovations, we'll be over 120 a night. So, you know, it's exciting, uh, uh, exciting, disappointing all at once. But, I mean, but there's a lot of hotels that are not going to come back. And guess who's going to be there to buy them? Yeah, yep. yeah, and it's not just hotels. There's probably oh, man, asset, asset classes, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you name it. You name it. Apartments, uh, salons, barbershops, restaurants, um, businesses. Like, cause you, 
for the next 12 months, unless they come out, well, even if they have the vaccine, you still got to, people got to be comfortable with the treatment. All that ain't, I mean, the closest we'll get to that is probably November, December. And until then, you know, it's going to be tough, man. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. So what do you think about, sir, what do you think about, like, maybe if you buy right now, you're overpaying? Yeah, it's kind of hard to analyze what the uh, true value is. Um, uh, Simply because, I mean, if you base it off your trailing 12, yeah. Naturally, nobody's had income or reduced income, at least in the hotels. The reduced income uh, is down uh, for the next three, four, five months. So even though it was up here, now it dropped down here. And when it comes back, you don't know where it's going to be at. And apartments, they're going to get hit too. The problem is, it's a delayed train wreck, right? You know, the car goes off and then slowly other cars will start falling. It's just apartments are one of the last to get hit. Uh, because what's going to happen is, let's just take the hospitality industry. And I'm not talking about just hotel. Let's talk about bartenders, uh, hair salons, uh, all these people. Uh, they're not, first of all, you can't put all those people in the restaurant right away because you got six feet, feet distancing, right? Yeah. So naturally, the same revenue ain't going to come in. Then on top of it, a lot of people ain't going to be comfortable going in the restaurant, right? So now instead of having seven waitresses and six bartenders, you only need two bartenders and three waitresses. So now you got to lay off there. So them people... They say they had enough money to last three or four months. That fourth month come, they still can't find a job. I mean, unemployment, I think we're over 20%. Uh, if mm-hmm. I remember, yeah. over 17 million. I mean, uh, 20, the great, 27. 20, yeah, the Great Depression peaked at 24%. We already surpassed that. Yeah. And so it's just a challenging time. And so I'm saying that to everybody that's listening. Hey, you know somebody, even if you don't, man, drop them a couple of bucks, do whatever you can, donate them, give them a dinner. I don't care what you do. Buy them dinner for a week, man. But, you know, you know, we got to look out for our own, man. Period. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a great message there, man. Absolutely. A lot of people are, are still suffering and got to help out where we can. So, so Michael, tell us, because you, you already, I mean, you, you've been through two storms already, right? You went yeah. through the, the one in 2001 where you lost everything. And then you went through the storm of the 2008, the, the market crash. Um, and you actually came uh, uh, not only a survivor, but a winner on that one, right? You took all the, uh, the advantages. Now, when you, in, in 2008, did you see that coming or you kind of, you were kind of placed in the right, in the, in the right uh, place with the right people, right connections who kind of like you saw doing successful and you're like, okay, let me do what they're doing. A, a little bit. I was, so fortunately I was already doing my thing and starting to work with the right people. So they were getting deals. I, and, and, and I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted some low 
lower price deals, and I wanted some non-performing mortgages. I just knew that's where the market was going. And with that recession and the mortgage crash and the recession, you know, we met. And so I was buying mortgages for pennies to 10 cent on the dollar, man. And my buddies were tied into some hedge funds and they would get a lump and they only had so much money. So then I got to buy some off of them. It was a win-win and they liked to flip. Um, the, 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 the thing about that was, and then uh, because I lost everything in 2001, I knew what it looked like on the other side. I, I, I emotionally went through the loss and at the end, I saw where everybody gained from it. And I was like, whoa, now that's when you buy a deal. Find somebody that's losing it or find somebody that's 67 years old that don't want it. The kids don't want it anymore. They don't want to, they don't want that business because, you know, grandpa, daddy, they work every day. They have no time for the family or they just took away from them and they want no part of that, right? They just want the money and do something else because they felt he worked too hard. Well, a recession, somebody losing it, or that grandfather of 65 and older that wants it, that's where you find your deals. And because of my loss, I saw where the gains were. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of like uh, 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 how, do you, how can you appreciate a win if you never lost before? Exactly. You know, and I'm not saying you you have to go through that, but uh, when these experiences uh, shape and form your thought process, and 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 be and through that you obtain true discernment. You know, because mm-hmm. you you through that process you obtain wisdom, understanding, and then the key thing, you were able to have application meaning you were able to apply the wisdom you learn you comprehend it and then you applied it and that's true discernment and so when these opportunities come i already see it like i see because i recognize it now like and so that's why i don't do marginal deals man because you know like for san francisco guys right they um you know it's expensive out there i mean i get it you know you, so and, and like new york they bet on appreciation mm-hmm. that's how they make them and i ain't mad at them because man you go out to california and and when everything's good go buy you three or four houses now you're saying you could do it now but buy you three or four houses at three or four hundred a piece right four or five years later you're a multi-millionaire because <laughs> yeah. right? they appreciate it so much the problem is you bought them deals at cost and naturally there's always a correction in the market. You know, it's a not about if it will happen, it's when it will happen. Right. And, and it always happens. And so with that correction, if you get caught in that cycle, you starting all back over again and you're stuck in your property and you can't cash flow it, right? Because some industry went down. It's just this time, it's a global ec- epidemic. Yep. And as, as sad and you know, disappointing as it's a great thing. Uh, you know, a lot of great things are happening through this epidemic. I mean, uh, uh, I know this is, you know, besides people dying, 
but now people are learning to 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 stay at home, work with their kids. Homeschooling may not be so bad. For some homeschooling, they realize it is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know um, it. <laughs> yeah, right. And then they learn about a lot of people want really use the technology to, to be online. So they thought they had to fly different places. Now they don't. Yeah. Churches, yeah. right? They're, they're, they're streaming now, which they, they, they force their game to think differently. People are like, man, I'm broke. I'm, I'm about to lose all my money. And they come up with new, you know, when you're back against the wall, yeah. man, you'll come up with some new concepts. You'll oh, figure yeah. it out. We're yeah. not lying in your face, breathing on you, man. Got that Paul on you, man. Like, right. <laughs> you know, I think, I think you're spot on, man. I think out of this, more and more employers are going to come out and understand that, hey, we don't need a brick and mortar. I don't need to keep people in here and watch them for eight hours a day. I just need to make sure they get the work done. If they have the computer at home and they can do it, why not? I think yeah. I think there's going to be a huge mindset shift, and I hope there is. I mean, as a as a millennial, as a thirty year old, I'm hoping I've been hoping for this for a while. <laughs> oh, man, well, I mean, well, you you millennials, I mean, I, you would have made like I don't see you guys in the office, man. I really don't. No, I, I don't. I like man, and a lot of millennials they don't. You know, now I'm thinking it's more the younger millennials. Well, are there millennials? Where does millennial stock cut off at? Is that still 19? Are they a teenager still one? Or that that's a different one? No, that's a, that's, that's a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, just my point is, you got them younger cats don't even want to, you know, yeah. our thing was to drive a car. They don't even want to drive a car. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to buy a house because they're like, man, these companies ain't loyal to us, so they're going to lay us off. I want to be... Uh, Minimal. I want the minimum. Yeah. They call them minimalists. If I'm saying it right. No, you're right. You're right. They don't even you know, want to buy a home. They want to just rent. They want a community, but they don't want to put the work. I don't... And, and I'm cool <laughs> with the. I'm cool with the minimum, right? You know, I don't, I don't need all that stuff, man. But you know, I gotta have me one Gucci suit. You know what I'm saying? I gotta have one. <laughs> I gotta have the Cuban Cuban necklace, baby. I got. I gotta shine a little bit. <laughs> I love it, man. So, how how do you reach uh how how do you reach investors and how do you reach uh you know the deals. off market off market deals? Yeah, what's your strategy? Man, all relationship driven, man. I, I I now there's multiple ways of doing it, man. Like you can go to LoopNet, and but that's a tight market. But as much as I talk bad about LoopNet, I got some of my best deals off of LoopNet. It's just the consistency isn't there, right? Uh, um, but now when I first started it was the MLS loop net and bandit sign. But now because I'm established, people know who I am. I, I just get a phone call now. It's all phone yeah. call. I'm not even nice. looking for deals. And, and people bring it to you, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, but now here's the thing though, I'm tied to the people where they all bring a deal. It's like, I got three major brokers in Cincinnati. They're young, hungry, right? They cold calling people every day to sell a property, right? Why reinvent the wheel? Let them do that. I just say, hey, man, when you get that call, I'm the first and I'm going to take care of you. You can keep both sides. I don't care. And I'm a realtor too. I'm yeah. not a practicing realtor anymore, but I'm like, look, man, I'll give you both sides of the deal. Yeah, if you want, if you really bring it, man, I give you a point. Because 
that's one thing, man. People are always trying to cut people out of a deal yeah. as a broker because they don't really understand what they do. And like, here's the thing, whether it's a, a small little $100,000 house and you trying to cut them out a $3,000 commission or it's a million dollar deal and you try to cut them out of a $30,000 commission. Why would you do that? Doesn't make sense. Cause look, look, even if you feel they do nothing, and maybe they didn't do anything, who cares? They brought you the deal. And on that $100,000 deal, you could make uh, what, a $30,000, $40,000 profit. Let's say you bought it for 100 and sold it for 140. You made 40 grand and you tripping about this guy making three grand because yeah. he brought you a deal. You know, the same with this. I, I got a million dollar apartment deal that I can sell for 1.5 and I'm mad because he's getting 30 grand and I'm going to make 500. That don't make sense. Yeah. Like, just do the math. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah. people don't look at it that perspective, yeah. man. I mean, I get it. You know, like, man, I don't want to pay him. But, man, look, I promise you, you pay him. He's, Who's the first person he's gonna call? Yeah, you didn't no, say nothing. Yeah. And, and it's just like tipping them. You know, I, yeah. I tip my guys, man. Seriously, I they love that look, man. Yeah, so you nice build that relationship. Toy. Yeah, no, man, I don't mind. Like, like seriously, man. I never forget one of our guys. Man, his kid was getting married, and he was coming out of a recession, right? And he's like, man, my kid getting married. I, I'm. I don't want to ask, but man, I need like 10 grand. I was like, whatever, bro. Here you go. You know, hook me, hook me up, man, when you get yeah. it. Nice. You know? Now, I wasn't balling, so I, I had I, what I did. I co-conspired everybody to chip in. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. Hey, you took care of them, though. That's bad. <laughs> but now, now I can. Now, now I'll drop some money off, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, what, what you got? I see your, your head spinning. No, yeah, I was gonna ask, uh, what markets do you um, do you focus on? Because I know, and I, I've been reading your LinkedIn, and it says uh, you guys you guys uh, do deals all over the United States, but yeah, so, specifically to what markets? So for apartments, right now, my focus is Cincinnati, but we will uh, go outside. Like our comfort zone, right, is you know Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. I have no problem going in. But I can go outside. I have a, another third-party management group that has over a billion, maybe two billion, probably three billion, honestly. Uh, they got over 50,000 units under management, and that's all they do. And we've worked together in the past on developments and uh, on some other projects. And so, uh, you know, they can go anywhere, set up any shop anywhere. So I can go anywhere with that. And then with the hotels, same thing. These, the hotel group is my partner as well, and we can go anywhere, man. That's awesome. So, so the hotels, though, I'll go anywhere a lot faster than the apartments. But uh, it, just, it just depends on the deal because when you bring in that third-party management, so I'm vertically integrated. I mean, we do our own construction, property management, you know, the whole nine. Whereas when I bring this third-party management, my expenses are going to go up. So I got to take an account for that because, you, know, you know, they're doing it now. So, you know, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't pay our, our people that much. Well, it's not that we wouldn't pay it. We'd be paying people the same amount, um, 
But the expenses I'm are gonna probably going to be higher. They, well, they got some markups, right? They got some incentive yeah. fees. Uh, they got some leasing fees that they're going to charge more. Um, uh, and, 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 like, their maintenance guys are not going to be as skilled as mine, right? Whereas yeah. I, my maintenance guys, you know, 20, my maintenance guy to make $20, $25 an hour, he could do everything. Like, concrete, roof, you know, I put him in the wilderness, he's going to make it back home. I put they $20 hour guy, he going to just, you know, bury himself in the sand. You know, so, he, you know, it, you just got a competent person that's going to go report when something ain't right. My guy going to fix it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nice. Nice, man. All right, brother. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. I know we, okay. we want to be mindful of your, your time as well. But, you know, I always like to ask people this because uh, it's not talked about much in the real estate world but that you know that real estate work family balance um, yeah, sure. a lot of people don't talk about it but it, it's it's a lot of work and it you know you you need to have a significant other that understands it and that you can communicate about it how do you balance it how have you done it throughout these years uh what what tips do you give people as far as that you know also your faith is is important with that too right so yeah, what do you yeah, got yeah. to say about that uh, well, I didn't do a good job because I got divorced. Uh, no, I'm just playing. No, man. Uh, no, no, man. Without a doubt, man. It's it's. Uh, I think the scripture says it's, it's, you, it's better to be in a roof than in a house with someone nagging, right? And and it's tough, right? You know. I don't want to get into relationships, but the the better you you have in common and you set, but it, even in common, before you get together, you set the goals. You set the goals on where you're trying to go, and they're going to change. But if you set the goals, then you already set the expectations. And and without a doubt, find that person you love, man, because I'm telling you, you got to get with no matter what, I can, you can have the best relationship in the world, man. You got to love that person unconditional because they're going to say some crazy stuff to you, man. It's the one, the one closest to you going to say something crazy to you. And, and all you can say is, you know what? I love you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's what it's about forget. But without a doubt, having that with the goals and setting expectations, man. And then, um, uh, uh, you got to set a time, some quality time, man, um, and, and being able to share. And, and because, you know, in your relationship, you're going to grow. And but you're, you're, you're going to be a different person. You're not the same person as you were when you were five. And then when you were 12, you were different. And then 19, you know, you were you were out partying. You probably still are. But anyway, <laughs> you're 19. Right, and you just wanted to party or this, and then when you're 25, you you're not considered a young boy anymore, right? You come into this manhood stage, even though you did it earlier. But my point is, you're a completely different person at every stage of the game, and so you got to recognize that. And but when you're able to share that and share the goal and where you're going, then it's easy for you to maneuver onto where you want to be. And, and that's how you create your balance and that's how you create your peace. And I wish I could say I always did it right, uh, but that would be a lie, you know? Uh, 
Well, that's a challenge, but man, I, I love my kids. I got so much time. I'm able to coach my kids and their soccer, football, basketball, whatever it is. I'm doing it, man. And, and, awesome. you know, and, and it, I had the greatest time and I'm, I'm so appreciative of it, man. Like real estate has done so many great things for me, man. Like being able to coach my kids. Uh, amazing. I'm having, I had the, just the greatest time ever. I coach every single one of them, uh, no matter what sport they want to play. And then even when my father was battling cancer, man, on his deathbed, I, I would, I would get out of my bed at two in the morning and go hang out at the hospital right? Because I didn't have to get up, right? And just be able to just, not that I did anything amazing, but I was able to give them that glass of water or, or, or read them some scriptures or, or fluff his pillow for him. And, and even though he's in a lonely place, he was never alone. And, and, and real estate did that, you know, life, money, real estate, man. That's, that's just my life, man. Nice. That's nice, awesome. Man. Yeah, that, that is, man. Uh, and that, that's great advice for people too, man. Uh, if you could go ahead and tell, you know, the listeners where can they find you? And also, you know, if you want to get advertised about your, uh, uh, you had a recent uh, oh. event, you know, virtual. If you, if you have another one coming, go ahead and, and say it. Man. Oh, yeah. That was so, amazing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, let's see. First of all, you can always easily reach me at NassauInvest.com. That's N-A-S-S-A-U, invest with an S, dot com. And you can see everything, our, our, what we call our big deal webinar, where I teach you and show you how you're just one big deal away from changing your life forever. And, uh, but you can find me at the easy places like Facebook, uh, Mike Ely, right? Um, then there's LinkedIn, and then there's Instagram, uh, Nassau, Mike Ely. Uh, so I'm, I'm easy to find, man. And uh, we'd love to help you out. And, and we got our book out as well. Broke to Millions, what kind of breakdown to everybody how you do it. And we also have classes. And you, if you just sign up for the webinar, Big Deal webinar, we'll show you all about it. That's awesome, man. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and all, for all the listeners out there, if, uh, if you you know if you uh, show us some love, give us a five-star review. As I said before, so hit that subscribe button, and uh, we'll stay in touch with the next episode. Uh, we're out.